Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another installment of Film House. This week's episode is brought to you by nobody. Oh. Woohoo! You can say whatever you want. Uh, my guest this week, once again, John Smith. Hello. Hello. Adam the Bones, Father Bones. Hello. That's my full name. And an all new guest from Wisecrack, Jared. Hello. Thanks Harry, for having me. Thank you. You reached out to us, or your friends did. And yeah. So, but thank you for agreeing. I, I was <laughs> very uh, excited that you guys acknowledged us. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, really are you kidding me? You guys are you guys are the you guys are part of Rooster Teeth. You guys are the kings. <sighs> you get it's too kind. Uh, <laughs> for those who don't know who uh, know anything about Wisecrack, can you explain a little bit about what you guys do over there? Yeah, Wisecrack is a kind of collective of comedians and academics and film lovers and just people who are really into the humanities. And basically, we uh, use pop culture as a means to educate people and to uh, open them up to kind of new insights in life and get them interested in stuff. And so a lot of times we'll analyze movies through the lens of philosophy or sociology or history or something like that. And uh, so we have a couple, we have our YouTube channel, which is Wisecrack, and then we have our new movie podcast called Show Me the Meaning, which is all about analyzing cinema, trying to kind of discern ideologies from cinema and seeing what kind of tangential learning we can do. I, I I really enjoyed your uh, Inception um, episode. Oh, thank you. Uh, that you guys did on your channel. If, I think if if someone wants a, a primer, uh, would you say that's a good uh, a good entry point into we've your done, guys' we've content? Done, we've done two Inception episodes. The, the one where uh, you're explaining that. Oh, oh. It's, a, it's like a it's a movie. It's a movie about movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that one's it's I don't. It's called like the Deception of Inception. But uh, yeah, I think that's a that's a good one. I mean, I think definitely our most popular property is Rick and Morty. People are crazy about Rick and Morty, and Rick and Morty deals with a lot of uh, kind of cosmic pessimism and absurdity. And so it's an easy way for us to talk about philosophy, existential philosophy through Rick and Morty. So I guess if you're a Rick and Morty fan, I definitely recommend checking out our Rick and Morty content on the channel. It's the stuff that's most popular. And uh, I think it really kind of communicates to people what we do in a pretty effective way. Absolutely. Nice. Well, um, with that all said, we're going to talk about the sequel to Donnie Darko. Well, Darko. I, I was going to say, if we're talking about analyzing masterwork films, <laughs> I think we picked the perfect movie. I, I agree. For those wondering how our selection process works here in Filmhouse, uh, the wisecrack gentleman reached out to me and asked, uh, what movie would you like to talk about on our podcast? I'll be joining them uh, this week. Uh, actually, throw that out there if you want to check out our discussion uh, of Donnie Darko. Yep. Uh, that came up. They said, we're going to just talk about Donnie Darko. Is that cool? I said, sure. Well, Jared's going to be on our podcast. We should talk about a bad movie, S. Darko. <laughs> then again, that's prejudgmental, so my bad. Yeah. Um, I but assume S. Darko was a bad movie. For those that don't know, S. Darko is the direct-to-DVD sequel of Donnie Darko. S standing for Samantha, who is Donnie Darko's little sister, who yes. is present in the first movie. Yeah. Is, is it the same actress? It is. It is. It's the yeah. only yeah. returning actress. Mm -hmm. Those are the two films that she's been in. She's also a ring girl. <laughs> and yeah. she did the voice of Lilo in Lilo and Stitch. Shut yeah. up. Oh. She did. <laughs> Had anyone seen this movie before? I had, yes. Oh. Um, when I was 20 years old, uh, a couple girls came over to my apartment and like, we rented the sequel to Donnie Darko. And I had to go, that sounds like a great movie <laughs> that I want to watch with you. How was the sex afterwards? Non-existent, actually. <laughs> uh, they actually died while watching the movie because it was so bad. Okay. So. Did you go back in time and save them? Hey, don't spoil the movie. Oh, sorry. Oh, so, oh. Did the girls hate it as much as you do? Because I feel like this movie attempts to speak to like more feminine issues, whereas like Donnie Darko is all about like, 
you know, oh, being a, a horny teenager in the suburbs in high school. And this one's like kind of attempts to do the same thing from a feminine perspective. Did the women connect to it at all? No, they were no. very confused. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's what, I, that's what yeah. I suspected. That was kind of my main thing about this movie was I felt like they were attempting to do like a feminine perspective. But all it was was like those two girls, the two protagonists or whatever, <laughs> barely spoke to each other and instead went scene to scene talking to different men who just hit on them in different creepy ways. Oh, yeah. True. And then they underreacted uh, and were just like, oh, okay. It, it, I think it was filmed at a time when pedophilia in Hollywood was still not exactly frowned upon. Uh, <laughs> and they said, and there's a bunch of executives looking going, yes, of course. They should touch the young girls like that in a creepy way. They'll be prime meat in the future. Sick fucks. Um, but yeah, I guess we should, uh, before I guess just throwing out random names, we should give a quick introduction of what the story, good luck, loose story <laughs> of yeah. S. Darko. Uh, we, it, uh, takes place seven years after Donnie Darko. Uh, Samantha and her friend Corey, I mm -hmm. believe are road tripping across America from Virginia to sunny California, though that's never really explained until the end of the movie, just to make things quicker. We'll just explain that. But the car breaks down in the middle of Utah. Where do we go from there? Um, well, what you can do, I think, is you can watch Donnie Darko and then hit yourself in the head with a hammer and then try to write down what happened in Donnie Darko. That's and that's really basically like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They, they 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 captured the same basic mythology, but there was yeah. no there was no cohesion, there's no real sense of story to it. It's just like, let's take those sort of those ideas and just plop them in the desert in Utah with like a guy that looks like a 50s greaser and just sort of see what happens. I don't know, like when I look at this movie, I say, you know, this movie is no worse than Southland Tales. I mean, it's bad, but I don't really like Southland Tales and that's another Richard Kelly movie. But the thing I find interesting about this movie is that I feel like the director, he had noble intentions. I yeah. think that he totally fucked it up, but like there are, and he knows Donnie Darko well. Like, you know, we talk about the weird pedophiles or whatever. That's something we see present in Donnie Darko. There's like the the guy who runs that seminar who ends up being like into child pornography. Uh, the Patrick there's, Swayze character. The Patrick Swayze yeah. character. Then there's like uh, the, the, the town creep ends up being the priest. And I feel like the, in Donnie Darko, there's like similar sanctimonious kind of like actually fake religious bullshit. There's the woman who runs Sparkle Motion who's always talking about, oh, you need to give yourself to Jesus. So that's maintained. Uh, so I feel like the guy knew Donnie Darko well, but I mean, yeah, the execution is fucked up. And I agree, like the whole <laughs> feminine perspective is seems so shallow. Uh, yeah. You know, just like, God, what was that line they keep saying? It's like, we're perfect. Immaculate. Immaculate. <laughs> what does that God. mean? <laughs> but they said it with no like emotion. It didn't mean anything. It was just yeah. like it was just there. Like they knew it was a catchphrase. They had to repeat. It well. So you say that the director had noble intentions. I right. feel like this is sort of how Alex Garland uh, explained how he wrote Annihilation. He said the book Annihilation is such a feels like such a dream that when I wrote the script for the movie, I didn't go reread it because I wanted to write it like a dream. Mm. I feel like this guy dreamed about Donnie Darko. Mm -hmm. and <laughs> he tried to rewrite it, but as he was writing it, like Sebastian from the never ending story part two, the memories were fading. And he's just, <laughs> uh, we're almost there. And just as, as it kept going further and further, just further got away from just being basically a remake of what I assume this kind of was. Yeah. At some point. I mean, it's tough. Like if you have a director who has, uh, who made Donnie Darko and everyone loves that one and, you're hired to take up his mantle. I guess I would be tempted to just, you know, do justice to what was already done. 
right? Like, I mean, yeah. uh, it would be a strong move to just, you know, throw a complete curveball and do something totally different. I want to do like a side-by-side of the original Donnie Darko and S. Yeah. Darko because it takes, I, th- I think I timed it, it was about 14 minutes before it just goes off the rails because it starts off with the girls in the desert, mm-hmm. car breaks down, local boy picks them up, I could take care of you. You're like, what's going on Local in this boy town? who is from like 1945. Yeah, yes. he's a he greaser. cigarettes rolled up in <laughs> that his was sleeve. Pretty, and he's like, he's always squinting. It's real smoky <laughs> yeah, in that room, you know? He's like, I feel like Ugh. he wasn't used to the sun or something. Yeah, so every, like, every day on set, he was like, can I wear sunglasses? He's like a caricature of the Fonz. It's like, it's not yeah. even yeah. believable. Well, he's also, he's an English actor which I, I know is very hard uh, for any actor to do a an accent of someone else. So I was like, he says so many, so few words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now I understand why. And everything was just sort of, it was all just looks and kind of yeah. sub girls. Like this man looks like a, just a, uh, picturesque rapist. Like, <laughs> yeah, I thought he was a vampire. Like, to be honest, I thought they were going to bring in a vampire element because I was like, this dude's. I would have dug that. But uh, within about fourteen minutes, there is the the doomsday scene, uh, similar to Donnie Darko, where we are now introduced to a whole new character. We're, all we saw was a man climbing a windmill, mm-hmm. and um, one of the most poorly shot green screen effect shots I think I've seen where he's talking to, I assume is Samantha, Donnie Darko's yeah, like, sister. Like future Samantha. Yeah. yeah, but she's like ghost version and yeah. she's warning him about the end of the world. So she's right. now like the Frank character exactly. yeah. from Donnie Darko. But she's talking to a guy who kind of looks like Donnie Darko, but it's, it was all very confusing. Um, right. And it, so now we have the prophecy thrown out there. At right. The end he's of the, world. The, the, the Roberta Sparrow. We later find out he's Roberta Sparrow's grandson and sure. he's basically Donnie now. And yeah, you're right. She's Frank. Yeah. And it's the exact, I mean, spoilers, I don't know if we can jump to the ending, but it's the, exact, it's the exact same ending. Ex- kind of. Kind of, kind of. Because right. nothing is resolved. Also, I, I have a yeah. big issue with that. So I forget, <laughs> basically, this character uh, who we get to know as Iraq Jack or Roberto Sparrow. I think it's Justin I thought it was Sparrow. Jackie Iraqi. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not racist. But <laughs> Danny Afghani. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, I guess it is worth noting, too, the movie takes place in 1995. So he's like a Desert Storm vet, this character. Right. right. But he, he, but he, he yeah, jumps so- from a windmill as a meteor crashes down right in the windmill and that sets the whole movie into motion with his like 1930s lantern that was another thing like when it started i was like what year does this movie take place because <laughs> yeah. there's a greaser and there's a guy walking <laughs> around with like a like a lantern well the, and, and the original johnny darker was was all about sort of reagan era 1980s yes. too right and it and really played that up in this movie it could have taken place today, well, or it didn't really matter. <laughs> There's one scene in the background where you see the uh, OJ trial. The OJ trial in the background. That's it. It's, it's like their attempt to do the similar thing oh, with and the then, Dukakis debates yeah. and stuff. As far as sequels go, it reminds me of Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows. That's next week. I, I remember. <laughs> I, I just remember go, I remember the first Blair Witch movie, you're like, I have some interesting questions about the lore. And you see the second movie, you're like, I have no more questions. <laughs> <laughs> and, okay. and I wish I had, I wish I had more, because they... They try to do too many weird things that are just weird for the sake of weird yes, like that. But that's like Richard Kelly's style. So, you know, if you were to say that like some another director was hired to fulfill Richard Kelly's vision, I would argue that he did a good job because Southland yeah. Tales is all that. Just like mm-hmm. mysterious nonsense. I'd really like to do that movie someday. Just really side note. I, I wanted to like that movie so bad and it I didn't. It wasn't. Yeah. I didn't really enjoy it, but I think it was the scene where uh, Sherry O'Terry beats up Christopher Lambert in an RV down at Venice <laughs> Beach. I was like, I'm. I think I'm out. I don't know. <laughs> What's happening? Who are or these doesn't doesn't she later? Or there's another character who has the rock at gunpoint and tells her, "Let me suck your dick right now." 
Is that a thing? That is in the movie, I promise. Yeah, we're definitely doing Southland. <laughs> Back to the sadness that is S. Darko. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we can skip through most of this. Yes. Uh, I think we're only introduced to one new character, Jeremy, who's like a creepy... Uh, there's a weird love oh, yeah, triangle. Jeremy, he did an introduction, which was... It's another uh, thing of being pegged for a 2009 film, because it was right before, like... Um, I guess gay rights kind of became ubiquitous in at least pop culture, like media culture, because the intro is he tries to introduce himself and the the friend goes, are you a gay? Yeah. And then that that's like a whole thing where he's like, no, I'm not a gay. Yeah. And Samantha's like, I don't think you are a gay. <laughs> like It was the, the weirdest, like out of nowhere, I was just like. It's a, it's a very strange moment. He's introduced as the uh, the young lad who I guess has six hundred dollars circa nineteen ninety five to pay for a meteorite. Oh yeah, there's meteorites in this movie. That, there's that a weird subplot well, like, with a meteor. They're tesseracts. Yeah, I didn't want right? to skip ahead, but they they turn into like glowing. Yeah, uh, we space see them cubes falling and, from the right. sky. Yeah, they're tes- They're all tesseracts, well, which is a Marvel thing, right? No, right. it existed before that. Well, yeah. It's like yeah. the, the four. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a four dimensional shape. Yeah, but right. it's just clarifying for the audience, it's not. This is not in the MCU. To the point though of the meteors. In Donnie Darko, I thought the the genius this uh, and this is talking about the theatrical release because I haven't seen the director uh, director version. But they the the creepy part about Donnie Darko is when Frank is saying, "This is how much time you have until the end of the world." The end of the world I always assumed was the end of Donnie's world, right? Yeah. Not the end because you as the audience go are going, oh, "The world's going right. to end." I felt like this movie, they're like, it is about the end of the world because it's leading up to a meteor shower that's destro- literally destroying yeah. the world. A tesseract shower. Sorry, thank, tesseract thank shower. You, or meteorite, um, as Jeremy corrected. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I haven't seen... I'm, I'm going to watch Donnie Darko tonight. Same. But the, what... So at the end, Donnie sacrifices himself, but for what? The, I think what happened... What you saw in Donnie Darko was if Donnie were to live, if he had wandered off onto the golf course and didn't die. Mm-hmm. This is how other people's lives would have been affected. Right. Ultimately, Jenna Malone's character died. Yeah. Right. So people died because of him. Frank dies. And the, That's right. the, the, jet engine, the jet engine that crushes him is the uh, plane that his little sister, Samantha, is in flying to the sparkle motion like uh, like regionals, yeah, yeah. regionals. Yeah. So that oh, right. so yeah. her plane crashed. Right. Jenna Malone cl- died. And because Donnie dies family no longer goes on the plane. Uh, Jenna Malone doesn't die. Patrick Swayze doesn't the, get the out of The mom and the daughter don't die. I yeah. assume in the plane. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, what, that's, that's what I mean. They didn't get on the plane. So Don, so that that made sense when you watch it in the context of the home. You go, oh, the world did end for Donnie. Yeah. Or that tangent universe ended. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah, that, that uh, yeah, exactly. So that I thought was very smart. Whereas this movie literally means like it's the end of the world. Right. Yeah. Which is just done through very... But like, and we didn't even touch on there's kidnapped kids in this movie. There's a uh, lot of subplots. There's yeah, there's a lot going on and um, none of it goes anywhere. So we can so I guess since we just talked about it the the big sacrifice that Donnie does in Donnie Darko, they try to replicate I want to say within like an hour of S Darko. Right. There is a there is a scene where Corey the friend now with the greaser boy pull up in a car full of hoodlum or uh what do you call them? Little whippersnappers. Yeah. Uh, they, just vicious people in just, this town. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they just pull up in this Firebird, and for whatever reason, the character Samantha's just sort of walking around town, as she does. And she's like, when are we going to leave? Like, what's happening? The cool guy's like, I'll fix your car whenever. Who cares? And then her friend, Corey, is just like, you're such so lame. And they're just like, screw you. <laughs> yeah. And then Corey and the greaser boy start fighting, so she kicks him out of the car. 
and then he just speeds ahead, and then there's a random car crash. One of the most poorly edited, yeah. just a car comes out of nowhere and kills Samantha. So now our main character, S. Darko, is dead. But isn't the car coming out of nowhere like a plot point? <gasps> oh, okay, yeah, so that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so it showed a car being towed, Oh, and, and then and then it comes off of the tow yeah. and rolls away, and I was like, oh, that's kind of a cool way for a car to come out of nowhere. And then a whirlwind comes and picks the car up and shoots it through a wormhole. Oh, I forgot about so that. So that was how... <laughs> There was a lot was like, of wormholes. <laughs> it, it showed Ugh. like a like a clever practical way of this car to appear out of nowhere, and it was like, but we're taking it up a notch. Well, I think that's a throwback to Donnie Darko, where the jet engine fell, right? Yeah, and then they're like, but where's the plane? Because it, right. it fell through a wormhole, and that was like, that's a clever way of doing it in a low-budget film, right? Like, okay, yeah. but this one, they physically show a car going up into a wormhole. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also an element of, like, sacrifice Olympics here, because even that sacrifice <laughs> yes. is then rendered obsolete, because then Roberto Sparrow's grandson does the ultimate sacrifice, and then both of them end up being alive. So those alt- so there's, like, three timelines here, Yeah, right? Samantha there died twice, right? Yes. And then was brought back both right, times. Right, right. I got... I'm trying to keep it in order, but it is it is I all. I think we're just, doing a pretty good job. I think we're doing okay. Yeah. So I guess at this point now, Corey becomes the main character, the guy, the boy who, the greaser boy who basically ran over uh, Samantha. I'm not sure how she died. She was crushed between. I think both she cars. got sandwiched between. They never showed it on camera. Yeah, they just sort of showed uh, like a very tight shot. It's of unclear. Car crash. He walks away with. I like thought a, he just drove straight into her. I thought he got mad and then he just ran her over. No. That was what I thought happened. So you remember during the JFK assassination, they set up all those toys and like how. Lee Harvey Oswald could have possibly shot him. We need to set up one of those for this oh, scene. I think so. If the car's going at I'll 60 go get my hot wheels. <laughs> yeah. So They're also very willing to forgive him. Like immediately. Yeah. The, the car came out of nowhere, yeah, man. I think like, like he's maybe also drunk. 18 hours after it happened, he asked, are you still mad at me? Yeah. I, I, I just <laughs> killed your best friend. He's man. back no to work. Game. Everything's fine. All's forgiven in this town. The cops <laughs> yeah. are like, you can't prove he did it. Well, that cop is good friends with him because at the party scene, there was a 4th of July scene. There was one random shot where it shows the cop like walking in holding a 24 pack. Mm. And he was like, hey, like he literally, he had like this walk that he was doing. <laughs> and he was smiling. I and that. it was just like, okay, like the 35-year-old cop shows up to college parties and it's like not a big deal. That's another parallel with Donnie Darko is that like Donnie Darko all leads up to like Halloween, right? Mm-hmm. And this leads up to the 4th of July, I guess, yeah. It, there, There is a, a list of bullet points out there somewhere where like yeah. hit these. Oh, wait, so that's why, okay, so they... They couldn't have it end on the party. They needed the party to happen before yeah. the climax. Like three so that's days why they were like, yeah, they're like, July 4th isn't for a couple days. And he's like, yeah, but we like to party. And that was like how they explained having a 4th of July party. They just need to have a party. <laughs> yeah. July, yeah. Uh, so at this point, Corey gets to do a do-over by, I guess, just sort of wishing at a church. Well, she's led by the ghost of a kidnapped kid. Is it, isn't that the guy's little brother? The, the no, no, there was, that's the thing, there was two kids in that Yeah, cave. that was that, okay. The red, the, red, the red shirt kid was another missing kid. And then the, the second corpse they found was that dude's little brother that died a long time ago. So that was a big question I had, which is why didn't, why wasn't it just one kid? There was no reason why there had yeah. to be two missing kids because I kept confusing it or the the one dead kid for the kid's little brother. I Me too. Uh, maybe because they needed to like have that scene where, you know, your brother died. Well, my brother died too. You know, like I, what in, maybe. In, in, in his But, but they could have still just been the one kidnapping. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Yeah. It, it's all, it's just. Wait, so who actually kidnapped the kids? Is it the, the, the priest? I think Jesse Spano. Yeah. Well, I think Elizabeth Berkeley from, yeah, from Showgirls and. Uh, and uh, Say by, by the, the Bell. Bell. 
I think she did it. The creepy Christian lady. It's implied she did because there's that scene at the bank where she has the key around her wrist, which is then found like in the desert. Uh, uh, Once again, the guys, the director at least seems to have a competent knowledge of the themes of Donnie Darko. Is that like, you know, the uh, undercutting the, the, uh, you know, religious self-righteousness of evangelicals. That's something we see in Donnie Darko. We see it in this. It's like, okay. I see what you did there. Which I was thinking, out of all the the people in this movie, I feel like uh, Showgirls actress, what's her name? Elizabeth Berkley. Elizabeth Berkley uh, got a call and was like, they're making a sequel to Donnie Darko. And she's like, this is my chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big break number yeah. two, here Which we come. It shoots oh. in where? <laughs> Wasn't Showgirls made in 1995? You're asking the wrong question. I, I don't care. <laughs> Oh, Wait, I feel boy. like they could have the sacrifice could have been more important if it was like if if the sacrifice of her friend of switching places in the car so that she dies instead like saving that friendship might have been better or maybe saving those two little kids that are trapped in a cave. Well, so yeah. like all he did he just saved this one mopey girl. Like, yeah, well so what well what happens is they do the do over. Now this is similar to Donnie Darko where Donnie uh, for uh, we assume has in the movie he has foreknowledge of what's going to happen, so he sacrifices himself because he's like the world's going to be better without me. Yeah, what a worthy sacrifice! Cool, cool movie. This one, the girl Corey reenacts the exact same scene as we presume to have the knowledge of what's about to happen, mm-hmm. but instead of the, it's just this weird conversation. Instead of it happening the way it did. It happens again, but now she's still in the car and then gets hit and dies. Why didn't she yeah. just get out of the car? Yeah, exactly. She didn't have to die. Yeah. Or just say, hey, don't gas it, please. Yeah. Yeah, let's turn around. Yeah. Wait two and a half minutes. Let's listen to, I assume, Coolio on the radio. Mm-hmm. That would Obviously. have been cool at the time. Yeah. Uh, Gangster's Paradise, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now we can go. Uh, but instead, it's it's just a very awkward scene. My notes here, all I wrote was, what and why? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, and then it uh, proceeds to be a scene with Iraq Jack now making a bunny mask um, out of metal. To be another yeah, throwback to because he Donnie saw it Darka. in the book. Because Donnie drew, Donnie likes to draw. That was one of draw the draw in Roberta Sparrow's book. Yes. right? so he makes a bunny mask. And Iraq Jack doesn't have to be the grandson of Roberta Sparrow. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It, why would he be in the middle of why, Utah? Yeah, why? We got to get to the point where. Uh, Meteors, Tesseract meteors fall, and yeah, we're gonna have to and nerd guy this. like hulks out on her for yeah. some reason. Uh, here, I'll, I'll quickly get through the bullet points of uh, where we go from here. There's the church chat uh, where we find out that the the church man is a uh, very pedophilic. Uh, Iraq Jack is now the grandson of Roberta Sparrow. We got that. Uh, they find some dead boys up in a cave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and they arrest Iraq Jack. And then there's a uh, they there's oh we get to the fireworks scene. Now the uh, the friend Jeremy. The nerd kid who now is covered in boils and meteorites. I was like, I do want to talk about this scene just because it's very creepy. She walks in, uh, the girl Samantha walks into her hotel room, finds a dress splayed on her bed, Mm -hmm. and Jeremy, creepy boy, just comes in like (laughs) a a murderer. She she goes, It's the sweetest thing anyone's ever done for me. It's like, Run, run. (laughs) Oh my God, run. He then says, Put it on. And she's like, "Ah, I don't know. It's a little expensive, isn't it? And And he says, Just be quiet and put it on. And she goes, Okay. <laughs> that dress also looks like it's made out of condoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah it does. Oh my god. <laughs> that's a, that's like what oh, I thought it was at it's first. Deeper than I thought. Yeah. But we we are now at the uh, the final act of our film, the climax, uh, as the couple now Jeremy and Samantha go uh, atop a hill to watch uh, meteors fall, uh, or I'm uh, sorry, to watch the fireworks. Watch fireworks. They want to watch fireworks, but instead we're greeted 
with the end of the world. Well, it, they couldn't afford a budget for, for actual fireworks. That makes a lot of sense. I feel like that would be way cheaper than the well, Tesseracts. <laughs> well, didn't they explain that out in the plot? That like he was like, like Jeremy was looking out and he just goes, Fucking duds! Oh, yeah. The fireworks are duds! <laughs> like yeah. that. And then he starts, and she's like, you're scaring me. Well, his, his, his face starts morphing. Yeah. And he, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, he gets yeah. all veiny and I weird. thought that was going somewhere, and then it just stops. Then he, he calls her a cock tease right. and pushes her down. She cracks her skull on a rock. Oh, he kills her. Yeah. That's right. No, he cracks her skull on the Donnie Darko, Darko mask. mask. Oh, yeah. on the mask. That's <laughs> the, it's the bunny mask <laughs> right, that right, right, Iraq right. Jack had made previously that's just sitting in the middle of the desert. Well, he's homeless, but he has uh, access to, like, like an entire blacksmith shop, apparently, where he can just, like, build these things. Well, he keeps sneaking into the junkyard. Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, a recurring thing. And then this is the parallel of, like, in Donnie Darko, Frank runs over Gretchen, and then someone shoots Fred. Donnie, 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 Donnie shoots, Donnie shoots Frank. Frank. Yeah. So that's that's like that's how. Oh, this is how Frank died. This is why he has that bullet wound. And then we, and whenever we see future, yeah, uh, Samantha, she's got like that fucked up yeah. thing. But, on yeah. her head. but the thing is, I thought Samantha was supposed In to the be condom the condom dress on the Donnie Darko character. I was no, no, she's the no, Frank. She's the Frank. Yeah, uh, Ac- Iraq Jack is uh, <laughs> is is the Donnie and, Donnie. and yeah. Chloe or Zoe or. What's her name? The friend. Cor- Corey. 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 She's also, she has like the watery chest thing. Which that was one thing I thought, you know, that's the one, I feel like one of the one original things that they didn't do in the first Donnie Darko, but they did do in the second one with like the water tube coming out of the chest. Oh, that is in the first one. That's what? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And then she, I like when she, at one point, she doesn't want to go because it represents like your future path or whatever. She doesn't want to go. So she just karate chops it yeah. in half. And then it, and it, and it, it turns and, then, and like, it looks like, at her and then it Excuse me. Yeah, it does like a uh, Dr. Ock tentacle sort yeah. of thing. Like, <laughs> How many people had the water thing? Because I, I, I was joking. I know that was from yeah, the first okay, thing. But I bad. thought it was funny that, like, everyone suddenly had, like, Donnie's connection to the, like, fourth dimension or whatever. Yeah. It, it, that whole thing was supposed to be he could see. That's how you see the future is, like, you see your path. And yeah. That was, you follow. That him. was a uh, financial, financially viable way of doing it back in 2001 or 2000 when they were editing the movie. Of like, what's a cheap way we do some CGI? What's a, what's a, a low-budget abyss-style Thing we could do, and they bring it back in this movie. It's just like it, they do it a lot. It's just this weird water tube. They probably found out how inexpensive it was to do, and they're just like, let's <laughs> spread it out across yeah. the whole movie. Everyone gets water chest in this. <laughs> Worked on sliders. We can do it here. Ooh. Yeah, good reference, me. <laughs> uh, so okay, so we're now introduced to a wormhole where a meteor goes through and turns into a giant bird. Oh yeah, the bird. There's like a the phoenix, flaming bird. There's like a flaming phoenix, which then becomes. Meteors that are now just peppering the planet Earth, or is it is it just Utah, or is it destroying the whole? Who knows? I but they're I, like they're I have questions. I kind of lost it. Poorly rendered orange cubes, like used to make in kindergarten with like toothpicks and marshmallows. Yeah, you know, these little like cubes. Well, they're tesseracts. Yeah, yeah, they're tesseracts. All right, you you Uh-oh. know the mythology better than us. No, Lay it no, on us. Explain I, it wait, all. Wait, wait, wait. So wrap wh- it up in a bow. Why? <laughs> Wait, so, so now I'm wondering, like, why when Iraq Jack sacrificed himself, why does that make a difference? It does. That's what we it, were saying. Because the car crash, all of the stuff that happened in the town didn't happen. That was something I only figured out during this podcast when we've been talking. It's just like, now? Yeah. That, clue us in. That uh, Samantha just leaves town immediately. So what happens is, hold on, uh, ghost Samantha lets Iraq Jack out of jail. Yeah. He then puts on the bunny mask as, like, a tribal helmet he then goes back in time, is on top of the windmill where originally the meteor strikes, 
Uh, and then rather than jumping off this time, he's sitting up there wiggling his little feet, <laughs> smiling, giggling, giggling. Kid on a swing. Yeah. He is then killed, and we're now back at the beginning of the movie, where mm-hmm. but now Iraq Jack is dead. Yeah. Similar to Donnie Darko, now setting in uh, a different set. Now we're in a third or fourth, fifth timeline where so, now Samantha's like, I just want to leave town. Yeah. But, and but, because but, of that, the meteorite didn't get sold to young Jeremy. So young Jeremy's life is spared from radiation poisoning. Yeah, but he gave it to the hotel owner. Yeah, yeah. But Who that guy was itching. creepy, right? He was knocking on her door or something. He wasn't that bad. But you're right. Nothing, like, as far as we know, the meteor's still there. Now a different guy's going to get all messed up and hulked out. And the the creepy priest is still at large. <laughs> Jesse Spano's still at large. The kids I, are still trapped. The kids a, are still dead. They show the kid putting his arm through the bars of the wall, <laughs> but he's still dead. He's gonna and, die. And we don't know why the tesseracts are even coming in the first place. Or yeah. that's something to do with the car. I, I think it, it maybe it, has to do with like them crossing over to different dimensions or something. There's but. there's a strange uh, cosmic bird feather that's never oh yeah really explained. Where very early oh, in the oh, movie, don't worry, the director explains it. We have a feather. It's it's, it's a not, feather. It's, it's not a feather. It's feather. It's not a feather. <laughs> that's all he says. No, he then says it's like Forrest Gump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he then says it's uh he never says what it is. He just says it's a fourth dimensional object that we perceive as a feather because we can only perceive three dimensions. And uh, as for why it comes out of the television, <laughs> uh, he is silent on that. That's and, it. That's it. That's, that's it. it. That, I, I totally forgot that in the beginning of the movie, Samantha pulls a feather out of a TV, Yeah. Um, which IMDb notes uh, in the trivia section is a reference to the ring. It is not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking hate IMDb trivia. <laughs> it's the worst. And uh, that feather is then given to Iraq Jack, which I guess allows him to travel back in time. But uh, once again, the Tesseracts and the, the end of the whole thing. The idea, yes, we're talking about Donnie Darko in the movie explains how this is the end of the world. It's the end of his world. Very smart. This yeah. one, they're like, it's the end of the world. It's literally the end of the world. Right. And but it, is that still going to happen? Is, is the meteor still going to happen when we get to the 4th of July? We it's, don't know. It's unclear. It, it just, and all these Tesseracts seem to do is just like blow up a little bit when they hit the ground. They don't really, they're not ripping new wormholes. They're, they just act like rocks that have fallen when they get there. Yeah, they don't really seem that powerful. No. I don't, did anyone die from them? Not shown, right? No, that, oh, no, that's another thing is that everyone's reactions to them were very underwhelming. It's like, like a mild or, nuisance. Or, or maybe <laughs> it's that everyone is going to get those boils on them. Oh, you know, and Hulk happen. out. Yeah, and Hulk out. Yeah. So the point of this movie is that. Tesseracts are going to turn the whole world into like hulked out rapists. I guess, yeah. Yeah, uh, but but we are but the rapists are already there. You know the whole the whole setup of this movie I find to be kind of stupid. So first of all, if you remember like Donnie Darko's home life, Samantha's home life, like she lives like upper middle class, mm-hmm. nice area. You know, like she's got it going on. And now we're supposed to believe that you know Donnie. Like the the opening credits say that Donnie died and it ripped the family apart, and now everything is so bad that she wants to move to California to become a stripper. Right? They say dancer, a but dancer. we know it that's a club. Yeah. Right, because she says it's a club. But it's her friend's dad's. Does her does her friend's dad want his daughter to be a stripper? Yes. Oh, of course. Every father's well, no, dream. Oh. She reveals that she reveals that like, oh my dad doesn't even know that I exist. This whole thing was bullshit. Yeah. Or, Tricked ya. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say in Utah. That's everyone's dream. And all her mean friend wants to do is move to this shitty <laughs> Utah town full of like hateful people. Yeah. That's her whole that's her whole art. I, I have so many questions. Um, is it worth 
us reaching out to the director or writer of these of this movie and just I, they probably don't have anything else to do. I, I have <laughs> I want like I, I kind of want a deep dive. I don't know if that's good supplemental content that we could uh, attempt to well, produce. What here. we should do is we should show them this podcast where we rip apart their masterpiece yeah. and say, "Hey, you want to?" They don't have time. They're busy. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I will say that. Hey, man, you know we saw you. You had noble intentions, and it's yeah. I mean, look, I always put myself in the position of like, man, what if someone hired me to create a sequel of Donnie Darko? That'd yeah. be hard as that fuck. Would be very, yeah, you know, that's it, true. You know, you're impossible. You want to give the people what they want, and you know, people like Donnie Darko for X reasons. So you know, I feel like he looked at Donnie Darko, took out like, okay, wormholes. Uh, you know, music that kind of dictates a tone. Sacrifice. You know, and, and yeah, Sacrifice. like shitty evangelicals, creepos. I feel like he hit the he hit the boxes. He did hit the boxes. Yeah, I'll give As, him that. He As hit a, them very hard yeah. with a very hard hammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hammer may have been a little off here <laughs> yeah. and there, but he swung. This is what happens when you make a sequel to a movie where none of the original creative people are involved, and you have something you have an example. So people look at it and go, "Okay, those are the things that people want." Yeah, they want the they want the time lapse. They want uh, they want creepy. They, they like you said they had a bunch of boxes and they checked them off and they said there it is but if you actually look at Donnie Darko as a film of what it was how it was sort of this happy accident um, there's an excellent article uh, AV Club wrote about uh, I'll try to link it in the description but they talk about how the DP worked with uh, Richard Kelly who is this very experienced DP working with this really young kid who's just stressed out didn't know what he's doing and the DP's perspective of what it was like to work in that in that world was like it's like that guy helped a lot it's it's sort of a George Lucas situation Mm, where There is a visionary. He's very young. He doesn't really know what he's doing. And it takes a lot of hardworking people around him to make this movie. As Darko, I think everyone's just taking the paycheck. I've actually also heard that uh, the editor of Donnie Darko is also pretty responsible for uh, kind of guiding Richard Kelly's hand to at least that initial cut. And that's why, in my opinion, I think the theatrical cut is better than the director's I cut. I prefer it too, yeah. I have not seen the director's cut, but um, now that I've seen Darko, I feel like I don't need it. Because all yeah. my I, <laughs> I feel like the lore... Uh, has been shut. I, I now have it all. I understand it. I will continue my Donnie Darko fan fiction on my Tumblr account. Please check it out. Uh, link in the description. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, all you folks out there in the internet, like uh, if we're just too dumb to get it, throw a comment in there. Let us know. Maybe <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> really lay into us. You um, know? Well, that that will do it for our S Darko review. Mm. Uh, I think we're one of the three people in the world to actually do it. So that's really hey, yeah. Good, yeah. good job, good, good job, job us. us. Uh, Jared, want to thank you for joining us. Thank um, you for having me. This I, is you, great. Already, you already mentioned uh, we can all check you out on Wisecrack. Any uh, anything else you guys are working on that you want to plug? Well, yeah, I just want to plug that we will be doing around. If you're listening to this right now, you can also check out our Donnie Darko podcast uh, on our podcast called Show Me the Meaning. You can uh, find it. Uh, uh, maybe there'll be a link in the description. We will of absolutely this. link it. Um, yes. So, uh, come. Adam is going to be joining me when we discuss Donnie Darko, which is a better movie than this one. So, if you want to hear us dive deep into all the insightful, interesting things and why Donnie Darko has lasted and still something that people talk about, check out Show Me the Meaning. Would appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, Um, I just wanted to kind of end by uh, reading some other sequels uh, that have been made. uh And, you know, maybe Adam can totally uh, nix this, but if people wanted to say which movie uh, they'd like to see us talk about. Okay. um, So... You might not have known this, that these movies existed. Go ahead, read them off. Marley and Me, The Puppy Years. <laughs> That's it's a crazy. prequel. It's Marley and Me prequel. 
Ace Ventura Pet Detective Jr. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. It's uh, Ace Ventura's fat son. Mm-hmm. Any other uh, Jim oh, yeah. Carrey? Uh, son of the Mask. Okay. Dumb and Dumber. Dumber well, 2? Yeah, well, the A. Oh, that was... That old... The, well, the, when, when, when oh, the Harry one, met that, Lloyd. Yeah, the one with them in high school. Yeah, when Harry met the, Lloyd. Yeah. Uh, there's also American Psycho 2 uh, with Mila Kunis. Tooth Fairy 2 uh, with uh, the Get Her Done guy. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, all of the Scorpion Kings, <laughs> I just put it, because there's a whole series that of Scorpion Kings. That should be our next Kings. series. Jingle All the Way 2 also with Get Her Done guy. And Boondock Saints 2 All Saints Day. Uh, we'll put up a straw poll if you guys want to vote on those. Um, or if you want us to do a more timely movie. Yeah. <laughs> we can try to... Uh, uh, try to spread it out a little bit. Uh, we've definitely been reading the feedback. People are getting maybe a little burnt out on either the length or the Some type of people. content. Uh, Some we, people are loving it. We enjoy talking about bad films. I don't know. Was it a nice break for you, Jared? Just no, it was. A, a bad I actually movie? think that I'm a little bit jealous because I mean, like, <laughs> I, I do like looking at bad movies and trying to figure out, okay, what went wrong? You mm. know, I, I, yeah. I feel like if you've ever been on uh, any set or you've worked in any part of a film industry, not even like true film, like a yeah. short film, making movies are hard. Oh yeah, like if your movie's good, it's always partly a miracle. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's usually, I mean, you could watch just deleted scenes from like Force Awakens when it's like they were gonna do what? Like yeah. it may sound like the greatest idea in the boardroom, and then when you get there, it's like we cut that. That's not good, and that that's millions of dollars being cut right there. And yeah. so while we do rip on stuff, I think it is worth noting. At least someone worked hard on this. Yeah, <laughs> they tried, but sometimes, dude, making making stuff's next to impossible. And yeah. if someone's paying their mortgage because of these schlocky films, good for them, dude. Yeah, yeah and especially once again, writing a sequel or writing and directing a sequel to a cult classic, like I wouldn't want someone to ask me that. That's a, that's like so hard. I, I feel like though we are at a point where enough time has gone by that if we do reach out to these people, I think they'd be pretty honest and go, ah, I was yeah. high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Uh, so thank you once again, everyone, for watching, listening, spreading the word. Once again, uh, I want to thank our sponsor, Nobody, uh, and uh, and you guys for making this wonderful podcast a dream come true. Jared, once again, thank you for coming by. Thank you for having me. Appreciate uh, it. Yeah, check all the links in the description. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.